It's your boy, Harbaugh Harge, and welcome to this edition of the Harge Knox Life. I want to thank everyone for subscribing. I want to thank everyone for listening. I'm thanking you for sharing the information that I am giving to you every single week. Listen, make sure you follow me on on Twitter, at Hardball Harge, on Facebook, Mike Hardball Harge, and follow the show at Harge Knox on Twitter as well. Listen, there's been a lot that has happened over the last couple of weeks. We've got a lot that we continue to try to digest about the hiring of Steve Sarkeesian at the University of Texas. How is he putting together a staff that is is making a lot of noise? A lot of people are impressed with some of those people that he has reached out to that we're hearing the rumblings. Everyone is reporting it. Uh, Horns 24-7, Orange Bloods inside Texas. Everyone has a scoop on who is coming in here. But for me, as a Longhorn fan and someone who has covered this team over the last few years, but I followed it all my life. I signed to come to the University of Texas, a scholarship in 1990. I was going to play baseball, but I ended up getting drafted. But I've always uh, bled burnt orange. So I'm excited to see what can happen here. I just wish that everyone around the 40 acres, as I told you in the last podcast, will take a chill pill, let the man do what he needs to do, get his team set up, and then he'll be in the for- at the 40 acres making sure that he's putting together the best staff. He's getting ready to call a big national championship game for the Alabama Roll Tides, Crimson Tide out there. Um, But I'm excited. I'm really excited. But I'm not going to take away from what is happening on the hardwood with my man, Shaka. I got a fro smart. By the way, Shaka, do not cut your hair. It seems to be working miracles right now. And when I say that it's been working miracles, it is because yesterday the Texas Longhorns went to West Virginia and took down the Mountaineers 72-70 with a last-second shot by my man, Andrew Jones. Andrew Jones, three years ago to the date of that game, told everyone, Shaka Smart went and told his team that this was what is going on with Andrew Jones. My man was diagnosed with leukemia. He continued to fight. He went down to MD Anderson and he put the work in. And his goal was to get back back on the basketball court. It was a slow process. He was working. You know, if you've seen all the videos of him and the time that he's put in, the, the, the changing in his body, all the things that go into a patient that is basically going through chemo, to try to get back, not just the basketball. Shaka Smart has talked about that. He didn't really care about the basketball aspect. He cared about Andrew Jones as a player. Now, Andrew Jones cared about the basketball aspect of it. His goal was to get back on that court, contribute on that court, and be a leader and a voice within inside that Texas locker room. 
And I have to tell you guys, I'm so impressed with the way that Shaka Smart has been handling this. Let's not forget, everybody wanted Shaka out of here. Everybody felt, oh, he can't do it. This is, you got to make sure you get the right guy. I was very critical myself of Shaka, and I wasn't critical of his coaching. What I was critical, well, I guess you could say I was critical of his coaching because of the fact that he was a guy that was at VCU, took him to the Final Four by an attacking style of defense. And when he got to the University of Texas, because he felt like he needed to change some things, it felt like he changed. And what do I, what do I mean by that? He changed the thought process of the players that he was recruiting. He didn't recruit a lot of guys that fit the scheme in which made him havoc. He was recruiting one-and-dones, big men, not wing players. Like He changed it up right now because he got Greg Brown, who was possibly going to be a one-and-done, and I'll talk about Greg Brown and what he's meant to this Texas basketball team. Because this basketball team is the exact same thing, exact same team as it was last year. But now they've added another piece and he's become a vital, vital piece. And I'm not talking about just scoring. I'm talking about rebounding, defending, getting up and down, pressuring his energy in which he plays with, gets everyone fired up. But this is the team that I thought that Shaka should have had from the very, very beginning. I was shocked that he did not bring that havoc. And I've said this before, and I've said it on the football side. I'll say it on the baseball side. I'll say it on any side of a high-pressure situation like the University of Texas or any college for that point. If your job is on the line, you have to put the best players out there. If I am going to be fired, and we heard all the rumblings about Shaka Smart. Everyone was talking about his buyout. Everyone was talking about, oh, man, we can get that money because we saw we can get the money when you want to get rid of a football coach. But Shaka had people in his corner that believed in his process. Shaka never wavered. Shaka stayed the same person throughout this process. The only thing he changed was he proved to us that he could grow a fro. And, man, I am jealous that Shaka got that good hurt. He got that good hair. He must got Indian in his family. <laughs> but what I'm saying is this. They have this basketball team with Andrew Jones going through what he went through. That leadership, which Andrew Jones, he doesn't even have to do anything. All the players have to do is look at what he did to get to this point. The work, the sleepless nights, the sickness, the, the trips to MD Anderson. Those times that he just, he was so frail because that's what it was doing to him. And now you look at how he transformed his body in three short years, the determination in which he plays, just the joy of being back out there on the court. It just seemed right yesterday that this basketball team, which was down throughout this game at halftime, it was West Virginia 40, Texas 36. There was a bunch of runs within this game. Uh, at one point, West Virginia was up by nine. They were up. They had a 10-0 run. 
This game was unbelievable. West Virginia led the game for 33 minutes. 33 minutes. And I have to tell you, in the last few years, I would have turned the game off. I would have turned the game off when it started doing something else. There's so many other things that I was doing this weekend that I could have turned the game off. And I sat there and I watched that game. And the thing that makes me believe that this team is a totally different basketball team is it looks like they care about each other. They shut each other down. They talk to each other. They, they, they get on each other when they feel like someone's not playing at their best. I'm really digging what I'm seeing from this basketball team. When they beat Kansas last week, Greg Brown had five points. And they beat them by 25 points. They came in and played against Iowa State at home. You figured there would be a letdown. They started jacking up shots. They went back to the old. Texas Longhorn basketball team and they shot themselves let's say back into the game because they were blowing them out they were up I think at one point they were up by 15 and then they ended up winning by six they should have blown that team out because they started jacking up shots yesterday they shot 21 percent from the free throw I mean from the three-point line That's something that we've talked about for years. They need to stop that and work the ball inside. But Greg Brown, I said that this team is the exact same as it was last year, but one addition, and that's Greg Brown, who was probably a lottery pick. He's going to probably go in the NBA draft next year. But the kid looks like he's having so much fun at the University of Texas. Greg Brown had 14 boards yesterday against West Virginia. And if you know anything about West Virginia, they're a very physical basketball team and they work hard on the glass. Greg Brown had 14 boards, but you know where his biggest impact was? On the defensive boards. That means he took away second chances for West Virginia, kept his team in the ball game. Texas was three of 12 from the three-point line in the first half, and they were one of seven in the second half. And you know which one that was? My man, Andrew Jones, from the Kona, three with one second left. I'll tell you what, this team is so exciting to watch. There's such a different vibe about this team. Shaka seems to have complete control. And I know a lot of people probably won't talk about this, but during that time over the summer where there was a lot of social unrest On the 40 acres, there was a lot of changes that were going on. People didn't know who to trust, who to turn to. Shaka loved those kids. Shaka cared about them as human beings. He's worried about their well-being moving forward. And I believe that is the secret ingredient, along with the addition of Greg Brown, but the secret ingredient in which everyone bought in to what Shaka was selling. I'm telling you right now, folks, they're ranked number four as of today, uh, January 10th. We'll see what the latest poll is tomorrow. Um, But I sit here and I say there is something very, very special happening at the University of Texas on the 40 acres with this basketball team. Stay tuned, folks, because this is going to be a good ride and I can't wait 
to see how it all ends. Let me transition a little bit. I want to transition over to Wild Car Weekend. But before I get into the weekend and what's happening, uh, what happened yesterday on Saturday, January the 9th, Dallas Cowboys fired defensive coordinator Mike Nolan, Jim Tomzula. And what I got to say about that is what took so damn long? That should have been done a long time ago. I mean, the Cowboys team was giving up a ridiculous amount of, of touchdowns and, and points against them that it was unbearable. You know, you sit and you say, well, he tried to bring in his friend. We need to stop bringing in friends that aren't going to help you. And if you do bring in friends, make sure you hold them accountable. Because the way that this whole thing played out, this was overdone. And it should have been done a long time ago. Mike Nolan has not been good for a very long time. It is ridiculous to think that he was going to adjust to the new NFL when he didn't adjust to the old NFL when he had a job. I understand, you know, my man McCarthy was trying to help out a friend, but that helping out a friend almost cost you your job. And I'll leave it at that. But Wild Card Weekend was just that. It was wild. It was fun. It was exciting. Uh, folks, we need to start paying attention and start talking about these Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills beat the Indianapolis Colts 27-24. Josh Allen is a monster. He was 26 of 35 for 324 yards, two touchdowns through the air, and 11 for 11, he had 11 rushes for 54 yards and a touchdown, and he – seems to be playing with a lot of confidence. I don't know if you've been watching this team all season. I have because uh, a good friend of mine, Shannon B. Sweeney, we call her Salty. Her friend that she grew up with is Mitch Morse. And uh, he's playing for the Buffalo Bills, and they are rolling, rolling, rolling. They look like they are having so much fun. That defense, a good uh, high school buddy of mine's son, Jordan Poirier, his dad, his dad's name is Phileo. I know Phileo from high school. Uh, he's the free safety, hard-hitting free safety. They are having so much fun in Buffalo. Shout out to Bill's Mafia. My man Aaron Williams, former Buffalo Bill. I know he is smiling from ear to ear and enjoying every step of this. Phillip Rivers for the Colts. They don't know if this is going to be Phillips Rivers' last game. He was 24-46, 306 yards. And people kept saying he doesn't throw the ball well in cold weather. Well, I'm going to tell you this. I disagree. He threw for 306 yards in the cold weather. The reason why the Indianapolis Colts lost this game, it had zero to do with how well the, the Buffalo Bills defense was playing. It had everything to do with Frank Reich calling and not taking points when the opportunity presented itself. They were on the goal line. They went for it on fourth down. They should have kicked the field goal. And I know Phillip Rivers made a great pass. It was just a little bit too far for the outstretched hands of Michael Pittman Jr. He laid out. He almost made a spectacular catch. But in that instance, it was early in the game. If he kicks the field goal, you position yourself to at least play for a tie. Well, let's go back again. They score a touchdown late, and instead of kicking the extra point again, 
they go for two and they are stopped again. They, they lost this game because of coaching. We talk about it all the time. Coaching matters. And I know you're trying to be aggressive and you're on the road, but when you're on the road, you play for the tie. You play for that tie because when you go to overtime now, you get the ball. Frank Reich, I don't know if you were trying to look out for your Bills, your Bills Mafia because you were a former player there, led one of the greatest uh, comebacks in football history when you were the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. But it looked like you were trying to help them out, and I don't know if you were point-shaving, my friend. Let's talk about the afternoon matchup. My son's DJ, my son DJ is a huge Seattle Seahawks fan, but the Seahawks lost to the L.A. Rams 30-20. to Cam Akers, former Florida State running back, was 28 of for 131 on the ground with a touchdown. Jared Goff playing with pins in his thumb. He had just had surgery a couple weeks ago, and he was already out there playing in the game with 9 of 19, 155 yards, and one touchdown. My man played with pins in his thumb. Russell Wilson, subpar performance, let Russ cook. Well, it looks like he's eating ramen noodles. He's cooking ramen noodles because he's going to be at the house. Russell Wilson was very ineffective. He was 11 of 27 for 174 with two touchdowns. But he also threw, he threw actually threw three because he threw an unbelievable pick six when the defensive back jumped the wide receiver screen like he knew it was coming. The wide receiver that was supposed to block the DB kind of half-assed did it, and he paid the price because he took it to the house. And I've got to give credit to that Los Angeles Rams defense. They have been unbelievable down the stretch. And they, I say he was ineffective, Russell Wilson was ineffective, and that is strictly because of the way that that L.A. Rams defense played. Now, we have to see what happens with Aaron Donald. He went off. They said it might be a rib injury, but we have to see what is going to happen with uh, him, see if he's going to be able to play next week. But the Rams are making enough noise right now with the running game and that defense that they could cause a lot of problems. In the nightcap last night, Old Man River. No, 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 not Phillip Rivers. Tampa Tommy, TB12. They defeat the Washington football team. Chase Young talking about, I'm coming for you, Brady. I'm coming for you, Brady. Well, you're going to have to wait till next year to see Tom Brady again because you are on your way home. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeat the Washington football team 31-23 behind Tom Brady, 22 of 40, 381 yards, two TDs. Mike Evans, six receptions for 119. But the story of the game was Taylor, I need some Heineken Heineke. This man came in was not Alex Smith, who has played well for the Washington football team, and everyone was hoping that he was going to get an opportunity to play, but it did not happen like that. And Taylor Heineke had to come in and play, and he played unbelievable last night. They It was too little too late. The, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are, are a very experienced football team when you bring up Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Leonard Fournette, 
Chris Godwin, Mike Evans on the offensive side of the ball. These guys have played unbelievable football. I'm so excited to see um, them go in. I didn't think Tom Her- – I mean Tom Herman. <laughs> My bad. I didn't think Tom Brady had it uh, in him this year. I mean, I knew he was going to be on a good team. Obviously, this is the most weapons he's ever had. But I didn't know what that chemistry was going to play out with. And I'm glad to see that Tom Brady is in the mix. And this is going to be a very interesting finish to this this, uh, playoff battle because now it's going to get really, really tough. It's going to be tighter than ever. And I can't wait to see the finish. Um, Now, there's more games today. We'll get into that. I'll give you a recap of those games tomorrow as I continue to talk about uh, things that are going on. I'll give it to you right now, actually. The Ravens take on the Titans. The Titans are uh, a three and a half point dog at home against the Ravens. But Derrick Henry, you know, he's going to run the rock. The Saints take on the Bears in New Orleans this afternoon. And this one is interesting to me because. The Saints haven't been just fluid with everything that they're doing right now. This they have had us a little sluggish. That defense always shows up. And the Bears offense, although they're they're Mitchell Trubisky can cause a problem because he can run around. Now, if it was Nick Foles, people would always be like, well, you can he sits in the pocket. Well, it's not like that right now. Mitchell Trubisky uh may be able to do some. And then tonight, the Steelers and the Browns close it out. This is going to be a backyard brawl. The the Browns are in the playoffs for the first time in a long time. And the Steelers, another team that has struggled a little bit lately. They haven't been uh, that well-oiled, well-oiled machine. So the Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger, was off last week. Now he gets a chance to play. Let's see what he does with the rest. Baker Mayfield is going to have an opportunity to lead his team to their first victory in a very long time. They're going to be without their coach, Kevin Stefanski, because he has COVID. They're going to be missing some key personnel on the offensive line. But they have a running game. They can move the ball. And if Baker doesn't try to be Super Bowl Baker or National Championship Baker and just be game manager Baker, this could be a fun, fun game. Now, three years ago, I was doing a uh, commercial for March Madness, and it was uh, to to do a vasectomy with my man, Dr. Mystery. Um, we were doing this vast madness, and I had planned on doing this vasectomy, and I needed to go see my primary care physician. He was the one who recommended it. Well, not the the vasectomy, but I was already going to see my primary care physician. I met met Dr. Mystery. He was a great guy. I felt very comfortable talking to him. Although I was doing it for a commercial, he he became a friend of mine because that's just how I roll. I mean, I I, I love uh, trying to understand all this stuff. Well, Dr. Alan Sonstein, who is my primary care physician, talked to me and he wanted to run some tests on me because I was doing some regular blood work. I was trying to just do my natural checkup. And he noticed that my PSA had gone up. And he said that it wasn't too abnormal, but in African-Americans, it seems to be that we get prostate cancer more frequent than others. I'm not saying we're the only ones that get it. I know a lot of 
uh, people that I've already gone through this, but um, it was a scary time. So I went back to Dr. Mystery. We did some tests, comes back. I'll get diagnosed with prostate cancer. Now, again, it wasn't the aggressive kind, but I've my father-in-law has had it before and his was very aggressive. And he ended up having to go to MD Anderson and get treated and he was aggressive with it and he's doing fine and he's still rolling. So I had someone that I could talk to about this. Well, as we're going through this, I kept thinking, I need to tell somebody. I need to tell somebody because I kept it very, very private. I didn't I'm not one to share all my personal business. I kept it very private. Uh, Just a few people, not very many people knew at all. And I didn't tell anybody until the last minute when I was getting ready to plan my surgery. So three years ago, I went on, I had my surgery and then I went on air um, with my man, Chip Brown and Shannon B. Sweeney. We call her Salty on AM 1300 The Zone. And I made an announcement to everyone. It was probably the hardest thing that I had to do, but I felt that if I didn't do it, I was doing a disservice to everyone that was out there. So I would always close the show by saying, go get checked. We need to stop being afraid of this. We need to stop um, being afraid to go to the doctor. Because the one thing that we can always take care of is is our health. I've had a very emotional time with this um, over the years, but I will tell you this, I am so thankful that I'm here today to be able to do this, to be able to record this podcast, to do some of the things that I've been able to do professionally, whether it's in my healthcare work or my radio broadcasting work. I was fortunate enough this past weekend to work for Tarleton State and ESPN Plus and call uh, Grand Canyon University versus Tarleton State University. It's been a good ride. But the only way I could take this ride is with the support of you guys that have been following me from the very beginning. Um, You men and women that have taken the opportunity to go get checked. I know a lot of you have reached out to me and told me that that you thank me for all of that. But I want to thank you. I want to thank you for supporting me. I want to thank you for being my friends. I want you to I want to thank you for being around me. And I want you to continue to fight the fight. And I want you to look out for each other. But before I let you go, just remember this. Don't always believe everything you see. Because even salt looks like sugar. And sugar looks like salt. Have a good night. Peace.